Welcome to the Geek Speak Show. <laughs> People who get it, get it. This is the Geek Speak Show. Interviews with the movers and shakers in geek culture. This is Mark Zickery, writer, producer, and director of Space Command. Hey, this is Todd McFarlane, creator of Spawn, and one of the original founders of Image Comics. Hi, I'm Chris Hardwick. Geek is spoken here. They're listening. You're consuming. You're watching it with your ears. Oh, you just listen. The Geek Speak Show is powered by GeekTyrant.com, GameTyrant.com, MightyVille.com, Ramascreen.com, and Zergnet.com. Please make a note of it. Here are the hosts of the Geek Speak Show, Henry San Miguel and Rachel Roselli. Who else would it be? We're here on the Geek Speak Show. I bet, Rachel, you wish you were here, actually, back in San Francisco, because the force is coursing very strong through San Francisco. I know. It's so exciting. I wish we could, like, go through that whole thing with them and video it and whatever, but... You guys, as well as me, will be watching it online instead, I'm sure. Well, actually, I might go out there later today because, see, now you're going to wish you really were here. What they're doing today is pretty cool. It's not, they're not, I mean, they're running, of course, but they're going to take a little break. And I, I think by, like, remember where the Metreon Theater is? There's a little, uh, I think it's yeah. called here, but Warner Gardens or somewhere on there. They're going to have yeah. lightsaber battles. Because um, the one you mentioned, not not the Ultra Sabers, the other one, the the FX is the one you can fight with, right? That, that doesn't break? That no, the Ultra Sabers are the ones that you can fight with that don't break. The Master Replica ones, you don't really want to bang those around too much. Well, they, they can afford it over at Nerdist. But <laughs> they're, actually, they're, they're, I think they're one of the, uh, the sponsors, Master Replica. So that's why they, why they have that. That's, the, uh, that's who provided the, the Saber. That's the oh, torch perfect. that they passed by. So they're going to do that. And you can either take, you know, you can be a Jedi, you can be a Sith, you can be a combination of both, whatever you want. Of course, I'll have the red lightsaber. You would have had a... Aquamarine, blue, purple, whatever color, yes. or all of the above. <laughs> um, so that's how um, you guys can go to courseoftheforce.com or I think starwarsactually.com also has a link to it. You guys can check it all out there or go to Chris's uh, YouTube channel, Nerdist, and they'll post it all up there. So that's what's happening, of course, leading up to next week, a little shindig in San Diego. I think most of you will be there for that. I know you're going to be there. I'm not. I'm going to stay here this time around. Um, but maybe next year we'll have a big announcement to make about San Diego and the Geek Speak show. You know, we're always planning in the background. Scheming is. Yes. Well, I mean, yeah, planning <laughs> is what we do. Um, but something else we do 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 while we scheme and sit on the couch and do that is watch TV, of course. Not too many things going on, at least not. I know there's a million shows out there, but not things that if you listen to the Geek Speak show that you care about, except for a couple. TNT's Falling Skies and Under the Dome. Uh, what is it? Third episode under the dome just aired. Uh, you just told me you, you actually it's on your DVR. You haven't seen it yet. Right, um, right. Honestly, you're not missing much. Nothing, nothing, literally nothing happened. Um, that seems like a theme so far. I hope not because you I'm, know I'm concerned a little bit. I know Brian K. Vaughn wrote on Lost. I hope it doesn't go the Lost way where it was literally lost for you know end of season two into season three we won't even talk about something about threes spider-man never mind um x3 but yeah it got it found its way afterwards but now you know all we found out in this one no i'm not spoiling anything for you you haven't seen it yet if you do get around to watching it i'm not spoiling anything because it's a it was a big duh we found out that junior the guy that has the girl under the uh underground and the the bunker junior has daddy issues Oh gee! Really? Among the other <laughs> millions of issues that he has, the you know kidnapper, uh, 
He has a Han Solo thing. You know, the yeah, Dome comes over the town and everybody gets delusions of grandeur. Uh, he has <laughs> that also. Um, yeah, so, duh, we knew that about Junior already. You didn't really tell us anything. Barbie is more mysterious because uh, now the uh, what uh, the reporter that he's staying with, who he actually killed the husband, but she doesn't know. Uh-huh. Now she's trying to find out more about him, but that's where it stops. She looks at his idea or whatever. And, okay, maybe she found out something. We'll find out next week. I think, maybe. So, as you can tell, nothing much really happened. Falling skies, however, did you get a chance to catch up before anything? No, I haven't. Remember, I said I was finishing True Blood first, which I'm almost done. And then we got to go to Falling Skies. What a geek. But <laughs> you might want to remove your headphones for this one. And everybody who has it in your DVR, I'm going to spoil a few things. Um, it is getting, it is really good. I mean, you'll like this when you catch up because it, it they listen. The first, uh, the first season was kind of slow. And I know I realize you have to establish who the characters are. So we give a damn about them if one of them dies or right. not. You did that. They listen to us, unlike Terra Nova. They listen to us, and the action has really picked up a lot. But it also has enough story for you to care during the action scenes. It very much feels... It's not really him running it, but it does have Spielberg's feel all over it. Where, hmm. you know, Spielberg is a master of giving you great, phenomenal, epic scenes, but you have the human element in it also. You actually do care whether those people shoot Elliot and E.T. and the kids or not. Or, um, or what happens with the Super 8 kids and all that. <laughs> that was, Spielberg had some hand in it too also. Didn't he, JJ? Uh, but uh, TNT's Falling Skies, uh, you know, now what's happened is, the only thing I will say, and again, this is the spoiler part, I already warned you guys, Tom Mason has resigned his position as president of Charleston, and he's, they're going to go out searching for Anne and the uh, scary alien baby. I hope this doesn't turn into AMC's The Walking Dead season two when the most of the uh, you want to know because that scares you. But most no. <laughs> of the uh, season was spent searching for Sophia and it wasn't until the very end when we discovered, oh, she's a walker. She's been a walker this whole time. I uh, hope this doesn't turn into that. hope they do find her and you know the story moves along because it is it is going somewhere. I can see. Uh, so that again, that's speaking um, of The Walking Dead. Well, which I, one I comic or TV? Um, it doesn't matter. In general, um, I did see that her universe, uh, the clothing line uh, of geeky things for girls by Ashley Eckstein, voice of Ahsoka, uh, they just released Walking Dead apparel. Yeah, I saw that actually. She tweeted it, I think, a couple oh, days ago. So, you know, if you're yeah, a but, chick and you like that show, you should check that out. Yeah, I figured, of course, you and, and probably Drea, Drea Letamendi, for the first one, say, <laughs> oh, look, I'm, I'm going to start ordering. Um, so, yeah, that, that's on there. Speaking of, um, we will talk, Drea. She will come back on and because she has now three panels at Comic-Con. So she, she's gonna, she was going to come on and talk about this Trek versus Wars that they're going to redo at, uh, at Comic-Con. But now she's got two other panels and she'll come on and talk about those. That'll be part of next week's show. See, that's called a tease. I'm such a tease sometimes. Uh, but staying with TV, though, <laughs> speaking of Comic-Con... Yeah, we're going to talk to David Glanzer. There's another tease. David Glanzer next week also because there's not a show without it having him come on. And I, I they slowly revealed the the full schedule for Comic-Con. Now, mm-hmm. we, now, now we know. And no one is half the battle, especially no. at Comic-Con. <laughs> that was my line. Oh, <laughs> I say that all the time. Now, now we know, you know, and you guys probably noticed. I mean, it's a, kind of like with the uh, junior. Yeah, he has daddy issues. Duh. Same thing here. So a huge TV presence in uh, in the panels. Uh, Walking Dead has a big panel. Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has a big panel. There's even shows that are not even on, on the air yet. They're coming up. They have big panels. And and they're all in Hall H. They're not in the little, you know, the ballrooms on the side. side they're yeah. in Hall H because they people know. And I think, honestly, 
right right now I'm a little older than you. I, I always say that on the air. I'm a little older, and I remember when I was watch, growing up watching TV, the only jo- good genre TV that I remember was the original Battlestar for a little bit. Buck Rogers, but then it got a little too corny in, like, second seasons. Um, but the only really good genre TV that I remember was was V. First started with the miniseries, then, then the actual series, and even that started losing it. And then for a while, there was nothing, unless you want to count, like, Knight Rider or things, things like that. But there was there was really nothing until now, a whole millennium later and then we got the fireflies we got the x-files fringe lost um buffy all the stuff that we have now i really think like in movies we are ruling tv also because of the writers who more and more yeah yeah so and i think that you know uh, comic-con this year you guys are going to see that reflected in the fact that yeah big tv presence and they're all in hall h they're not not in the little hall bottoms to the side although i and i will talk to david about this next week I did notice, I think it, maybe it's a mistake that they made. Would you want to go to a panel about uh, with Jeff Loeb about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? And on the panel will be Jeff Loeb, of course. Kevin Feige will be there. Joss Whedon will be there. Agent Coulson will be there. You think there's going to be a few people lining up for that? Dang, I would go to that. I, what I would have done is I would have put it in Hall H. I would have put that one in Hall H. Of all the ones not to put in Hall H, that would be the one to put in there. Do you think it's because they think there's going to be so many people? It, they're going to have to turn some away if there are. And there's going to be right. a few. Like because of the line and then then they can cut it off and control it a little more. I don't know. We joke about it now, but, you know, really don't anybody stab anybody with any more pencils. Okay. Just <sighs> just calm down. Okay. Yeah. Everybody, everybody calm down. It'll be fine. Um, but uh, sticking with TV, that'll be uh, we'll talk about that again uh, next week in, in the Comic-Con show. Fox just announced that, and I got this actually from our own Mark Doris. I think he sent it to all of us. Like, look, mm-hmm. look, look. He, got, he still likes comics, and even though he does video games now. Um, you guys remember The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, the movie and the, the, the graphic novel from Alan Moore. Fox just announced that they have a put pilot commitment. And in layman's terms, that basically means that it's a for sure thing that we're going to, that's going to go to, go to, it's going to be a pilot. It's going to be a series. Um, the 2003 film, yeah, I know some of you really like it. Some of you eh, could do without it, but forget it. Uh, I, I enjoyed it. It wasn't a lot like the comic. wasn't anything like the com- comic book, really. But I enjoyed it. It also has a distinction of being forever known as Sean Connery's final film. Because mm-hmm. after that, we never saw him again. Um, so that's coming. Uh, not sure if it's going to be this fall or next fall, but it's coming to, I- I'm assuming, Fox or maybe FX, one of the two. It's not going to have any connections to the film. Sean Connery is not going to be in it. None of the actors will be in it. Michael Green will be the showrunner and one of the writers. He comes from NBC's Heroes and from ABC, The River, a show that I really, I really like, but again, short-lived. Um, Irwin uh, Soff, he's, he's another producer. He comes from a little movie four years ago called The Matrix. So they, they will be in charge of things. No, no actors have mm. been announced yet, uh, but, it, but it will be a series, The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. The other thing is Guillermo del Toro is going to be talked about a lot this weekend in a huge way. No, not because he's big himself. He makes it. By the way, go to our Facebook page. I put up the, uh, you, you and Joel took, a, took that video. Uh-huh. You guys were sitting he's in the Pacific funny. Rim panel. Yeah, you guys can watch that. It's on our Facebook page. And on our YouTube page, I know the, uh, the the Kristen interview that you did was there, and it's got like two million hits. Um, they didn't go anywhere; it's still there. But for just because it's Pacific Room Week, I'll, um, letting you guys take a look at that if in case you missed it. 
but he's also he also last last year if you guys you regulars if you remember for the book club i chose the strain it's three books written by guillermo and and uh chuck hogan this is about vampires but they don't sparkle they're bloodthirsty and they ki- what vampires are supposed <laughs> to be in other words plus it's guillermo why, why would he have sparkling vampires <laughs> he wouldn't have sparkly vampires um but the strain the strain is a is a comic book series it went to a comic book series by dark horse comics i haven't honestly i haven't i haven't read it maybe either uh mark doris or jessica or or yeah i haven't read it either they probably know about it especially jessica that's something she doesn't have in common with you is she loves horror stuff where you don't um see see that now you know why she's on the show she loves sci-fi and she loves comics perfect um but the strain is going to come to fx it's going to be a series pretty soon they ordered a pilot um, they've cast a couple of people. They just cast a Hobbit. Sean Astin now jo- and a Goonies now, now joins the strain. He's going to play Jim Kent. Uh, Guillermo and Chuck Cohen, they're writing the pilot. Not sure yet. Oh, Carlton Cuse is the showrunner. He Carlton Cuse, another name from Lost, along with Damon. They were running Lost, but now they're going to be running the strain. And this one I want to see because, like I said, this is vampires done right. There's no, okay. I know. I know we, we almost had a we had to take out lightsabers last year when Ariel was here and you two started defending Twilight and I said, no, we're not going to talk Twilight on this show. Hey, hey, there's something for everyone. We're not saying it's the best thing ever, but you know. Oh, look, we lost Rachel. What happened? Oh, there you are. <laughs> whatever, whatever. Technical difficulties. Probably all the sparkling and stuff got in the uh, board. So that that's what's that's what's going on with TVs. Let's take a little break. Um, when we come back, we'll do we'll listen to Joel Geek Out. We'll talk to Joe. Something special is happening this weekend. Um, we were there last year. It was the uh, we we did our pilot for the video show, and it was also the first. I guess it's an annual thing now. We'll ask Joe when he comes on. The Hulk Smash Brownie Day. It's happening this weekend. We're gonna be there. Cover all that and. If you guys follow him on his Facebook page, he had an event coming up because it's the 25th anniversary of Flying Colors. It was called the Super Secret Anniversary Event. Yeah. It's been revealed. We know the secret now. We'll tell Joel. We'll, we'll ask him, Joe, what's the secret? And he'll say, oh, yeah, let me tell you all about it, Henry. Yeah, I'll give you guys a hint. Excelsior. Gee, yeah, give it all away. <laughs> so stay right there. We'll talk about that in just a few minutes. Check this out. Geeking Out with Joe Capitana. Geeking Out and the Geek Speak Show are powered by Collider.com, GeekTyrant.com, GameTyrant.co, Mightyville.com, Ramascreen.com, and Zergnet.com. Here's Joe. The Apple App Store is celebrating its five-year anniversary, and to celebrate, they're giving away a bunch of free apps and games. In the beginning, in 2008, there were only 500 apps. Now, there are over 900,000 at your fingertips. Check out the Apple App Store before it is too late. Marvel is now releasing weekly Infinite Comics for your mobile device. Infinite Comics interact with how you swipe, essentially eliminating that white border that we all associate with comics. The debut series is Wolverine, Japan's Most Wanted, soon to be followed by Iron Man Fatal Frontier. For more info and to pre-order, visit comicstore.marvel.com. Congrats to SF-based Dropbox. The company now has over 175 million users and is valued at billions of dollars. Dropbox makes online storage simple so you can access and edit all your files and apps from any mobile device. Speaking of which, after extensive research, the FAA is expected to relax the ban on portable devices during takeoff and landing. This would allow you to use your tablet and smartphone on the plane, but only for data. No, no, no phone calls. 
Now let's talk video games. There's a new Grand Theft Auto 5 gameplay trailer that's all over the World Wide Web. If you haven't seen it, definitely check it out. It's five minutes of actual gameplay. Best Buy has sold out of online pre-orders for Xbox One. For now, the Xbox One is still available to pre-order on Amazon, Walmart, Target, and GameStop. GameStop, however, is sold out of PlayStation 4 pre-orders. EA has confirmed that they'll be removing New England Patriot Aaron Hernandez from Madden NFL 25 and NCAA Football 14. The decision came in response to the heat surrounding Hernandez as a murder suspect. Madden 25 geeks out August 27th. Now let's talk movies and or TV. Alan Moore and Kevin O'Neill's gra- classic graphic novel, The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, is being adapted for a TV series and Fox is developing the pilot episode. In Marvel movie news, Stanley confirmed that a Black Panther movie is being developed at Wizard World Con. He also confirmed that a Doctor Strange film and an Inhumans movie are also being developed. He also added that he would love to see a standalone Silver Surfer movie, but who wouldn't? Word on the streets is that Charlie Kaufman, that's right, Charlie Kaufman is adapting Kurt Vonnegut's Slaughterhouse-Five for the big screen. And word is Pacific Rim director Guillermo del Toro will be directing the film as well, but don't get too excited as the film is still years, years, years away from release. In the meantime, Del Toro is rewriting an outline for a Justice League Dark movie, aka Dark Universe. If you liked Russell Crowe as Jor-El and Man of Steel and would want to see a Krypton prequel, then listen to this. On his Twitter, Crowe tweeted, a lot of you are asking about a Krypton prequel. If that's something you feel strongly about, let at Legendary Pictures know your thoughts. In other DC news, if you miss recently deceased Damian Wayne, aka Robin, aka aka Batman's son, you'll be interested to know that DC is bringing the character back in a four-issue miniseries called Damien, Son of Batman. It'll flash forward to a potential future where Damien takes up his father's mantle as a caped crusader. The first issue geeks out on October 30th. For the first time ever, Comic-Con is proud to announce that Metallica will be performing at a secret location on Friday, July 19th after their panel for their upcoming 3D feature film, Metallica Through the Never. The Metallica panel is at 6.30pm in Hall H. After Comic-Con is Disney's D23 Fan Expo. The big news here is of course Star Wars and Marvel, but mainly Star Wars. Early concepts of Darth Vader will be highlighted as well as a panel called Star Wars Saga 101. That again is D23 at the Anaheim Convention Center on August 9th to 11th. More Star Wars news. A fan created a Star Wars mailbox. To open it up, you pull down on the helmet and when there's mail in it, you point the lightsaber up. That's what she said. Lastly, one last fan story. A fan slash artist Simpsonized the cast of Game of Thrones. The drawings are pretty spot on, especially the one with the one of Tywin Lannister posing like Mr. Burns. Check out the Draw the Simpsons Tumblr page to see the pictures. So this concludes this jam-packed edition of Geeking Out with Joel. As usual, if you have any questions, concerns, or comments, please email me, joel at thegeekspeakshow.com or you can holla on my Twitter at Joel Jepitana. Till next time, today we are canceling the apocalypse. I'm not that cool when I say it. Are you ready? Here's a Geek Speak Show quickie. There's no way that the crowd can sit down. None of us were sitting at the arena at the Anaheim Convention Center earlier this year at WonderCon Anaheim 2013. We get our first look and listen at Pacific Rim. July 12th couldn't come any sooner, but it's finally here. This weekend, Pacific Rim finally opens up in theaters all over the country. I suggest you all go see it in IMAX because this is a movie that you have to see and especially hear in IMAX. Giant robots, giant monsters, kaijus. 
let's it's Guillermo del Toro. Let's talk a little about it. Guillermo del Toro joins us now on the Geek Speak Show, director of Pacific Rim. Guillermo, how would you describe a movie like Pacific Rim? Well, there are two great genres. Uh, one is the giant monster movie, the kaiju movie, and the other one is the giant robot movie that we all grew up with uh, as kids. And this is essentially, in terms of spectacle and, and uh, scope and size, uh, is a movie that encompasses both of those subgenres. And uh, it's almost like uh, the action in the movie is what you would have dreamt to see when you were 11 years old. Yeah, I would. Um, a matter of fact, I did. And whenever you think of you know, giant monsters fighting giant robots, you immediately think of Japanese monster movies. Uh, very famous one, won't say who it is, but uh, it's coming next year. That's all I'm going to say. But when you think of uh, Japan, giant giant monster movies, you immediately think of a Japanese monster movie. But however, Pacific Rim, you, you don't describe it. It hasn't been described in the marketing specifically as a Japanese monster movie. Why not? I wanted very much this movie to not be about a country, particular country saving the world. Because that movie I've seen too many times, you know. I wanted it to be the world saving the world. So I needed um, a, a very strong black leader, a Japanese girl, two Australians, a Peruvian CTO, uh, uh, an, an American pilot. All of them together are necessary. A British scientist. To, all of them are necessary to save the world. So sticking with the giant monsters, how'd you come up with the kaiju designs? When we started planning on the kaijus, you know, this comes from... Uh, Essentially, from Japanese movies, this means monster and uh, a giant monster. And uh, the kaijus in Japan have many, many forms. You know, they, they can have your basic insectoid, reptilian, uh, flying, uh, underwater kaijus. Then there's a floral or vegetable-based kaijus. And then they can get really, really insane. No, what I like when I when I design monsters, I, I, I constantly am trying to find a way to be able to look at a monster for 10, 15, 20 minutes or more and have that design constantly transforming. How, how would you describe the act of, of drifting in the film? To drift is to have a link uh, between two different bodies that can uh, instantly read each other. If you want to go left, you don't have to say, go to the left. Uh, If you want to go into a defense pose, you can go into a defense pose. The idea I came up with was to systematize it through martial arts. So there there would be a basic language, uh, basic number of poses that you would be able to adopt in a fight with a kaiju. uh, it's very easy to know that vocabulary for the fighters. And I wanted to make one, uh, the type of scientist that is big personality, very arrogant, very cocky, sure of himself, tattoos all over the body, you know, sort of a celebrity chef. You know, I wanted him to, to have the mentality of a celebrity chef. And the other guy is more like a, a tweed-wearing, uh, English, phlegmatic, introvert that never leaves the lab and and they are incompatible one of them is arrogant and full of himself and the other one is modest and and very much by the numbers and hates this other guy being such a maverick and 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 between the two I, I wanted the dynamic again of people that don't get along but when the time comes can f- function together really really well 
Now, when you go see Pacific Rim, we, we kind of know what, what to expect from it. But how do you balance between enough action, but also having a story that will make us care about the characters? Throughout the movie, I was very, very, very careful to balance big CG spectacle with a really great moments that were human-based. And not only by cutting inside the compound and seeing the, the actors going through it, but also in many instances, inter- interspersing a big fight with a purely actor-driven moment. So that again is Pacific Direct... So that again is director Guillermo del Toro. Pacific Rim opens up this weekend in theaters all over again. I, I suggest you all see it in IMAX so you can see it and hear it in the way it was intended. Now, thanks to a nerdist fr- uh, nerdy friend at Legendary, I was able to get another exclusive interview just for you guys with Guillermo del Toro. Here he is again talking about what else pacific rim wow is all i have to say this is fantastic and i just want to know are you the kind of guy who wakes up in the middle of the night after either a dream or a nightmare and writes it down no where does this come from then i have the most boring nightmares and dreams and i mean i've had like four good dreams in my life and the rest are boring pedestrian you know I'm going to the store, coming from the store, <laughs> nothing important. But I think that, <clears throat> on the other hand, my days are spent in complete, uh, useless imagination. I'm just fantasizing about everything. I, I'm waiting in a restaurant for my order to come, and I'm thinking if somebody on the other table is hiding a murder, if they're going to be... Uh, coming from outer space, whatever it is, I'm fantasizing all day long. Well, amazing, because this is just, you know, I'm watching it going, how does he think of this stuff? And for you, I mean, every time I talk to you, you're like a kid in a candy store, and you just keep getting younger and younger and having more fun. I do. You know, this must have been, it's your dream project, I would think. It is. It's it's sort of all of my bucket list in one movie. You know, I, I really love this movie so much. It comes straight from the most genuine place of my heart. Is a movie that takes a genre that is either forgotten or the object of nostalgia and wholeheartedly embraces it with, without postmodern winking and nudging, you know? Uh, it's a poem to giant monster movies. Yeah, and you knew, though, it was going to be a huge undertaking. Um, what you did in Toronto, I mean, you used every soundstage you could possibly yeah, use. Yes. You built these huge sets, and then you put your actors through the worst torture I think anybody in the history of directing has ever done. Yes. How did you know that you were going to get through all of it? I knew because I basically, uh, a director's gift is like an explorer's, not to give, not to give in, not to, not to quit. Uh, and as long as you don't, you're going to arrive to the ending with a couple of explorers behind you left. Many will die on the, on, the, on the journey, but you get there. I mean, you look at the Everest, you look at the top, and you go, hey, let's get there. And you don't think about it after planning it and planning it and planning it. Once you're climbing, you don't stop. So what really challenged you in this whole thing? It's a stamina. I mean, just lasting. You know, you've got to be made of very hard plastic to make the journey. You, you have to really be able to be fiscally responsible, technically proficient, artistically minded. It's a whole combination of features that allow a director to survive. And you have some, you know, fantastic actors in this, and, and really they took that journey with you, you yes. know, hook, line, and sinker. But when they, you know, just take me back for the first day you put people, you know, like Rinko or Charlie and Eldris in those con pods and made them, you know, they're ultimately doing a 12-hour workout per day, yeah. you yes. know? 
it was really horrible for me too. I know that it doesn't look that way for them because I was in a monitor with a cappuccino, but I was, my heart was breaking for them, honestly. I'm being not ironic, it's as savvy as it sounds, as terrible as it sounds, but I, I, I was there uh, suffering because they were in pain. The first day was uh, Rob um, Kaczynski and Max Martini, and second day we had fixed a lot of the problems. Third day we had fixed a lot of the problems. Then fourth day comes uh, Idris and Rob, and it was tough. It was like starting all over. And by the time Charlie came in, we had solved X amount of problems, but it was, they had a two-ton machine on their back, digging in, they were on an exercise machine, they had two machines strapped to their arms. Every movement was like being in an exercise machine. And then I started throwing water and fire and smoke and steam at them and sparks. Poor, poor people, I like them, but. Oh, well, you know what, it's, it's I think at the end of the day, they were all happy that they did it. No, and, and, and I did it with love. Yeah. And I love working with you. What is yeah. your secret? Well, how do you keep such happy sets, especially under such strain? I, I care, and I, and I think that I, was, I did about 12, 13 movies as part of a crew before directing. And if you want to direct well, you need to be part of a crew. If you want to command, you need to obey before and you learn to follow orders and and I think that you know when an actor feels lonely when uh, somebody in the set is super tired and you try to within uh, still achieving your end you you try to keep telling them I know I know where you are I know how you feel I'm with you yeah that's good well they felt it for sure in the film obviously the co-pilot they have to drift they have to mind melt who in real life would you want to be your co-pilot I think Stephen King I would love that. I would love to get all his ideas. He can get all my ideas. I would love to know where where his uh, mistakes uh, and how he learned from them, everything. You worked on this film with ILM. Yeah. My goodness, did they exceed your expectations? Yes, they did. I mean, I think, uh, once again, I think that what a director does is create an environment where people think they can invest the best of them themselves and it will be rewarded by showcasing it and I feel that uh, we had a very good relationship in that they knew they were gonna work hard but they knew I would take care of them at the end of the day yeah you you know you've given us so many great things and then obviously I know it's been five years since you actually directed a film you've yeah. given, you know producing up the wazoo but why finally you know, why was it so long that you decided to wait well I didn't decide I spent two years in The Hobbit and one year on Mountains of Madness and uh, then Pacific Rim. I mean, uh, the two movies that didn't happen were unfortunately very elaborate movies. What was the role, or the, or sorry, the movie that changed your life just completely that you worked on and just that set I you on, on your course? Yeah, that set you on your course. I think the first movie, Kronos, and then probably Pan's Labyrinth. You know, Pan's uh, reached a much wider audience than the other movies, and it sort of showed, it gave coherence to all the other movies before. And, and it, it demonstrated that all those things that I was doing had uh, a reason and had a structure to it. Yeah, I want to go back a little bit about the casting because you know you picked some, like I said earlier, some amazing actors. But why ultimately uh, Charlie Hunnam for this? I like Charlie because he has a very sort of uncomplicated good heart, and it comes across. I mean, he's a guy that is ultimately a good guy, one of the few genuine good guys I know on earth, and, uh, and that comes across in the movie. You know, he can play a hardcore biker in uh, Sons of Anarchy, but 
I believe his nature is closer to to Raleigh. Yeah, uh, you're going to be back in Toronto, yeah. and we, you know we always love having you. Uh, you're going to be working your next film as Crimson Peak, and yeah. I'm really excited because you've cast Benedict Cumberbatch in yes. that. Can you just tell us a little bit about what to expect from that film? Yeah, uh, uh, Crimson Peak is a really, uh, at the same time, a very traditional Gothic romance with ghosts and all that, and a creaky house and all that. But at the same time, is uh, has very strange, ex extreme violence and kinky, erotic elements. So, you know. Uh, Another it, one of your dreams. No, that one, I'm sure, is a dream. No. <laughs> no, I, I am pretty meat and potatoes. <laughs> and Jessica Chastain is going, yeah, oh, yeah, she yeah. is brilliant, that woman. Mia Wakoska, Jessica, Benedict, and Charlie Hunnam. I'm Zach, and you're listening to The Geek Speak Show. Hold on a second. Once more, with flavor. Yeah. Oh, I'm Zach Whedon, and you're listening to The Geek Speak Show. It's compelling. What's going to happen to these kids? Go ahead, sing along. You know you want to, Rachel. <laughs> well, I was actually thinking we recorded that at some place we're going to talk about now. Yeah, in Concord, one of the greatest comic book stores ever. Flying Colors and other cool stuff. A lot of big cool stuff coming. We'll talk about that in just a minute. But back on friend of the show, Joe Field. Joe, welcome back to the show. Good to be with you, Henry and Rachel. How are you? Doing great. Getting all ready for this Saturday. This Saturday is going to be... We did it last year. We premiered our video show, and it was the first... I, I don't know. Can we say it's annual now? Cause it's, is it going to be an annual event now? This is the second annual Hulk Smash Brownie Saturday. Yeah, so Hulk Smash Brownie... Rachel is not going to be there, but she's already missing the brownies. Uh, I know. <laughs> can you smell them from here? I can, actually. I said that earlier. I don't know if that's trademark. Maybe we should make a T-shirt that says, "Can you smell the brownies that Libby is cooking?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's going to be happening this Saturday, Hulk Smash Brownie Day. It's going to when is it going to start, Joe? Ten ten o'clock? Uh, no, we open at eleven, and uh, I, I the brownies will start about noon. Um, and, but the fun goes all day long, so uh, we just want to invite everyone to come on in. It's uh, it's a pretty low-key event, really. Uh, essentially, what we're doing is we're just celebrating the fact that my wife makes the most incredible brownies in the entire world. They are creamed, immense-laced brownies. Um, and because of that greenness, we have redubbed them Hulk Smash Brownies uh, because, you know, we're geeks. So, um, yeah, so it's a great excuse to come on down, talk some comics, uh, and uh, and have some delicious brownies along with it. Yeah, we're gonna be there too. You know, we'll point the camera if you if you want. We'll put the cam point the camera on you guys, and you know, you can talk about comics and that. There's gonna be a big movie that came out that this weekend. You can talk about that if you want. Don't spoil it yet for the people who haven't yet seen it yet. Uh, we're also gonna do. We did it last year, and uh, maybe I'll post up a video. And I know you have a video also. We're gonna do the the comic slam. So tell what every tell everybody what that's about. Comic slam is a flying colors favorite. Uh, it is. Uh, when we take uh, dialogue from comics and read it dramatically, uh, uh, the Comic Slam is sort of a, uh, uh, a takeoff of uh, the old uh, beat poetry slams where um, beatniks would be hanging out in dark, dusty places with their uh, long-tailed cigarettes and, uh, and frothy drinks and uh, reciting things by... Uh, uh, you know, beat poets. So what we've done is we have adapted that to the comics world and we 
uh, take some of our favorite uh, monologues and dialogues from comics and recite them in dramatic, uh, in dramatic fashion. And uh, it's a it's a really fun time. You can see some of that stuff up on our YouTube page. Um, uh, and uh, and you guys were here last year to shoot some of them too. So uh, so it's up on your page too. I bet. Yeah, yeah, it is. We'll we'll put some up, and if you guys want to see the whole thing, you guys can go to our YouTube page. The uh, just look for the uh, the the Geek Speak Video Show pilot. It's all on there from Flying Colors. Well, you see me talking to Joe. He tells you the story of Flying Colors, uh, and the the comic comic slam is in there in the middle. And and, and the 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 Flying Colors faithful, they're they they're all they're all a bunch of fun. We know that because we we talked to them at Free Comic Book Day. But they they really get into it. They they get up on on the mic and and they. Re- I mean, even you took up a. You, you did the Silver Surfer. You had your own surfboard and everything. So you, everybody really gets into it. And it's all ages. You know, we had a we, on, on our video. There's a there's a baby that was trying to get the microphone, but his you know his dad <laughs> was still trying to do it. Everybody everybody has a lot of fun, and that's what it's all about. Just go there, have a lot of fun, talk comics, reenact comics, uh, and and the brownies, of course, are the are the main attraction there. <laughs> well. Uh- uh, yes, uh, they are. They are the star of the event on this Saturday. However, uh, it's just uh, really for us. It's a great excuse to bring people in and just have a good time talking comics and uh, uh, talking about all the different things that are going on. And actually, you know, with it just being a few days before the San Diego Comic Con, it's it's sort of our pre-Comic Con party and. Um, I, I think uh, I think people will just have a good time here, and uh, for for all of those who weren't able to get tickets uh, uh, to Comic Con, well, come on in and hang out with uh, with other people who love comics, and uh, you know you'll pick up some of that same uh, Comic Con vibe here on on Saturday. Yes. And and costumes are encouraged. Is that correct? Uh, uh, always. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Anytime. Especially yes, for the comics, uh, that would be. Interesting to see you reenacted dressed as your favorite comic book character. That's what I'm saying. Yes. Uh, well, uh, I will be dressed as Retailer Man, <laughs> uh, but <laughs> uh, uh, that's how I dress uh, six days a week. And um, uh, yeah, come on down. Have, just have a good time. You know, we're we're all about uh, just showing how how comics are just like that gooey sweet center of pop culture and uh that everything else in pop culture revolves around what happens in the comics and uh so that's uh that's kind of what we celebrate uh, this saturday yeah which is, which is very true i mean you, you mentioned comic-con we were just talking about earlier on the show when we started about you know we're teasing our next week's comic-con show and i know not at the uh, the full programming is that i noticed that it's a big tv presence at comic-con this year you know walking dead is going to have a big panel the the, the uh, shield tv show is going to have a big panel like you just said joe that all of that comes from comic books like walking dead the biggest show on tv right now came from a comic book the avengers biggest movie last year came from a comic book a lot of, a lot of these things even things that 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 you don't you wouldn't think are comic books like men in black that was a comic book also right um Jonah well, Hicks, and but... it, I mean, even even Pacific Rim is sort of uh, you know a, a riff on Neon Genesis, so yeah. it, uh, uh, right. And then and then we have another movie coming out, I think this week or next week. That's Two Guns. That's based on a, a Boom Studios comic, and we have we have all kinds of different things um, that are based on comics. I, I, and uh, it you know it's it's that other media tend to get their best ideas from comics, and 
so what we like to do on a very regular basis, because we are a comic book stores, we like to call attention to the fact that uh, uh, if you want to know what's happening in the rest of pop culture tomorrow, you get in and see what's happening in comics today. Yeah, exactly. And again, Hulk Smash Brownie Day happens this Saturday at Flying Colors Comics. You can go to the website and all the information is on there. Those of you who follow Joe on the on their Facebook, they had a look like the Riddler, a lot of question marks. It was a super secret 25th anniversary event. The secret is out. They revealed it, uh, I think it was Monday or earlier this week. Joe, go ahead and reveal what is going to be happening. Oh, yes, we announced yesterday that our super secret 25th anniversary event on Wednesday, August 7th, we will be having none other than the living legend himself, Stan Lee, here at Flying Colors. Uh, it's a very limited event. He'll only be here for a couple of hours, so we're going to do what we can to get as many people through to uh, have Stan give him an autograph and, and a photo, and we have the packages available for those, and that's really going to be the only way you're going to get to say hi to Stan or get an autograph is is by buying one of the autograph and photo packages. And um, and uh, since we announced it last night, um, we had a nice little lineup of people today in the store uh, wanting to uh, buy the packages. So the 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 sooner you buy them, the better place in line you're going to have. We're going we're gonna to do a priority signing that those who buy first are first in line. And, um, and since we have a limited number of, of, uh, of, of these uh, photo and autograph packages uh, that we can reasonably expect to move through during that time uh, that he'll be here, um, we really, um, really encourage anyone who's interested in doing that to get into the store soon. The only way you buy the tickets is by buying them here in in store at Flying Colors. Yeah, and you know, whenever Stan is there at any convention, he has some limitations on, you know, how many people can be in the pictures. Do you know if they're going to have they're going to follow that at at Flying Colors? Uh yeah, uh, there there will be some of those limitations as well, although, you know, we we may do the small family shot, that sort of thing, but um uh, but it's not going to be a deal where you can buy one uh, uh, one picture and have 15 of your friends in, in the photo because we just won't have the space to be able to handle that. It's a very, very limited kind of deal. Right. And, and also, what about the autographs? Yeah. Yeah. Like, you Is he just doing comic books or does he sign whatever you bring? Um, it's... Uh, one flat item, which which should be uh, which should probably be a comic book that he had something to do with. Um, he does uh, he does refuse to sign comics that he had nothing to do with or um, that are unauthorized. And there are some unauthorized Stan Lee comics out there. So um, uh, he he is signing things that uh, that he worked on. So. Um, uh, there's plenty of those out there, so I'm, I'm pretty sure we can we can do that. If if someone else had a, a photo uh, uh, of Stan that uh, they had taken with him at one point, and they want to bring that in as their one item to sign, he can do that too. Yeah, I mean, just just to keep it simple. Don't bring anything. You know, don't bring a book from the distinguished competition or something from you know from Image or somebody else because Stan probably had nothing to do <laughs> with that. You so shouldn't he, do yeah. that anyway. So let's just play nice. Yeah. My, my my goal here is to provide a really special experience 
uh, as a part of our 25th anniversary to all the people who've been really good to us over the years. And um, and I, I understand that uh, it's it's not going to be a deal where you're going to be able to have a nice long conversation with uh, with Stan. It's going to be a very quick hi, how are you, sign and photo and see you kind of deal. Uh, but um, it, it's an incredibly rare thing for him to do a signing at a comic book store. So um, uh, he generally uh, will not do signings uh, unless they're at a convention setting or, or some space where there's a whole lot more uh, space to be able to handle the crowd. So what we're going to do is we're going to be very careful about how many people uh, we sell the packages to, uh, how many people are in line. Uh, if there's room, we'll have a standby line for those who, who are willing to wait to see if we can uh, move the line fast enough and get more people through. But essentially what we wanted to do is we just wanted to bring the living legend of comics to um, Flying Colors for our 25th anniversary and uh, – uh, I'm just ecstatic that uh, Stan has agreed to uh, to be here for it. Yeah, and for the for the few that may not know the story, there's actually you know a good reason to bring Stan Lee to Flying Colors because you do have a connection with Stan from earlier in 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 your in your story. So tell us that for those who may not know, you know, your connection to Stan Lee. Well, I, I've I've definitely overplayed this over the years, so I, I will be the first one to to admit that. But. Uh, <laughs> I uh, back in the 1980s when I was working for KJOY Radio in Stockton, California, I did a promotion to uh, have Marvel Comics name Stockton as the official birthplace of the Fantastic Four for Marvel's 25th anniversary, and um, so uh, that that happened, and Marvel took me up on it. Uh, uh, it was a it was a great big deal and a lot of fun, and we had a huge event uh, on the steps of City Hall in Stockton, and Marvel uh, sent Stan Lee and, and Spider-Man along to uh, uh, accept the city's, um, uh, the key to the city, and, you know, it was just a really fun time. You can see some of the, some of the footage from that is up on our YouTube page as well. Um, but uh, uh, at the end of the whole deal, um, Stan said to me that he thought I did a really great job on, on putting the whole thing together. And I said, well, Stan, if you ever, uh, if you ever need anyone uh, for promotion or public relations or whatever, just give me a buzz. And I was really stunned when a few months later he called and said that um, uh, his wife's first novel was going to be published, and uh, he wanted me to do press relations and gather interviews and reviews of her book uh, in different media uh, for uh, for her first novel. And so I spent the next few months um, uh, talking with Stan and his uh, lovely wife, Joan, every day of the week. Here's what we've got for you today. This is the radio station you're going to be on. This is the TV station. This is the newspaper that's covering it, whatever. And uh, uh, it was an unofficial gig. It was an unpaid gig, but it was one that I had a, a really uh, great time doing. And uh, uh, through that, uh, Stan became one of the guests at the first few WonderCons because I, I then got involved with WonderCon as a, as a result of my Fantastic Four in Stockton deal. And um, so um, Stan and I have sort of had this connection, and uh, although I'm not in close contact with him 
uh, haven't really been in close contact with him for the last 10 or 12 years. Um, he's He was the one who, you know, when, when Flying Colors opened on our first day, he was the first um, message on my phone answering machine back then in 1988, um, congratulating me on opening the store and wishing me all the success. And here it is 25 years later, and uh, he's... Um, you know, 27 years ago, we celebrated the uh, 25th anniversary of Marvel Comics in Stockton, and now we're celebrating the 25th anniversary of Flying Colors by having Stan come to the store. And and really, the Stan event is an awesome deal, and it, I'm so pleased with it. But we also have other things going on all year long, uh, all kinds of events going on that are a lot of fun. Um, in September... We're going to have the only Northern California appearance of superstar artist Jim Lee on Saturday, September 14th. So um, we have we have the two big Lees um, uh, from the comics biz uh, visiting Flying Colors this year, and I, I couldn't be more happy about that. Where else would you want to be? I was going to say actually, I know. You know, you know, I think any of us would take whatever it would be you know driving stan around if, even if you didn't get paid i think we, we'd love to spend the entire day just being in stanley's presence uh it's it it's a lot of fun and uh and there is a there's always a buzz around him and i i wouldn't be surprised if um there are uh, media uh at that event on on Wednesday, August seventh, to to cover Stan's appearance here. So um, I'm looking yeah. forward to it. Yeah. So that that's the yeah, the 25th anniversary, no longer super secret event. That Stan Lee will be at Flying Colors, and go there and, and not again, like Joe said, not just not just Stan Lee, but also wish everybody, Joe and, and everybody at, at Flying Colors, happy anniversary, 20, 25 years of being one of the best comic book stores here in the Bay Area. Uh, this Saturday, Hulk Smash Brownie Day, be there for that. Starts at 11 o'clock. We're going to be there. We'll do the Comic Slam. Start picking whatever you want to read up there. We'll put the camera on you guys and put you up on YouTube and make you stars for, for, for that weekend. So, Joe, we'll see you this weekend. Thanks a lot. You know, you're always welcome here on the Geek Speak Show. Great to be with you guys. Toys for you and your eye machine. Bits and Pixels with Mark Doris. Looking to get your hands on a pre-order for the next-gen console? Well, you might be cutting it a little close. Best Buy is no longer taking pre-orders for the Xbox One, while GameStop is no longer taking pre-orders for the PlayStation 4. No word on whether Best Buy will be cutting off pre-orders for the PlayStation 4 and GameStop the Xbox One, but they are going fast, so you probably shouldn't wait. If the consoles are both released in November, which, let's face it, is incredibly likely due to the holidays rolling just around the corner, then you should not wait to get your hand on one of your own. The Grand Theft Auto V gameplay trailer has been released, showing new mechanics, changing weapons, and playable characters. It isn't news, there will be three playable characters in the next installment of the incredibly popular and successful franchise by Rockstar Studios, but as to how or when you would take over, different characters remain a mystery. The five-minute video released shows changing characters at ease during missions where more than one playable character are present, such as when one character is robbing a bank and then you quickly toggle over and change another character on a nearby building who's using a sniper rifle to take out hard-to-reach enemies. Customizing cars and flying planes are back with an added feature where the player will be able to scuba dive and explore vast bodies of water. The swimming aspect is rather new as well to the franchise, but scuba diving is a, is a whole new opportunity for the gameplay. The open world game is the largest in this series, having boasted a fully explorable world bigger than Vice City and San Andreas combined. Be on the lookout for the release, unless they change it again, uh, this September on the 17th. Now, 
Uh, I recently picked up the High Moon Studios Deadpool video game. Now, to listeners who heard me rambling on during the comic commentary, they know I am no stranger to the character, as he is, in fact, uh, one of, if not, my favorite Marvel characters. Now, this isn't the first time the popular Merc with the Mouth has been in a video game, but it is the first time he has starred as a title character. Nolan North is back voicing Wade Wilson, aka Deadpool, and he brings his skills in voice acting with him. Which, as a fan, it hurts for me to say that the most enjoyable part of the game is the humor. The character is constantly berating the player with insults as he breaks a fourth wall, realizing that he is in a video game, but with that aside, it's just a constant button masher against slightly stronger enemies as the game progresses. Stephen Blum, who we love here in the Geekspeak Studios, is back to voice Wolverine, who plays a minor yet humorous role in the game just before he's knocked unconscious indefinitely when Deadpool takes over as pilot for the X-Men's jet and crashes it into Genosha, home of the Sentinels. From there, we see other characters and nods to other characters like Sinister, Rogue of the X-Men, Cable from Cable and Deadpool and their long-running franchise and uh, comics together. Now, as much as I love Deadpool, the game gets rather boring, even playing it on the hardest difficulty, which, you know, let's face it, I like to do. Uh, it seems fun for about 20 minutes and then gets boring as you deal with the same pull over here, jump over this wall, or shoot this enemy. It just leaves a bad taste in your mouth. I, for one, haven't beaten the game as of yet, but I'm several hours in, as I'm torn between that game and the games I picked up during my Microsoft's recent Ultimate Game Sale last week that just ended. Uh, Max Payne 3, like I said, was $10. Metal Gear Rising I picked up at half off for $30. Now, even though that has ended, be sure to check out Sony's Summer Sale on the PlayStation Network because they have a lot of great deals going on right now. That's it for now, guys. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at DorisUndead, where we will chat all things consoles and games, and we'll see you next week, just in time for Comic-Con. I'm Attaboy, and this is the Geek Speak Show. So guess what you're listening to? Yeah, the Geek Speak Show. Uh, so we've done a little bit of everything. Got some uh, Jaeger talk, some Kaiju talk. Joe revealed finally what the secret is. Told you, and I gave it all away when I said Excelsior. He should come up with something a little bit different that makes it a little <laughs> bit more mysterious. But uh, check the Facebook page. I'll have some links up on there. You guys can go on there and, and get your t- the tickets. Remember, Joe said they're only on sale today, today only, and probably like Comic Con will be gone. You know, when I think immediately. Yeah, like two nanoseconds after they go on sale, gone. Yeah. Um, this Saturday we t- we talked about Hulk Smash with Joe. This Saturday also at our other friend is where we did the second episode of the uh, the video show, Lee's Comics. They will be celebrating their thirty first anniversary with a sale at both locations, the San Mateo and the Mountain View one. Uh, you guys can go to lcomics.com get all the details. But before you go there, here, listen, I'll just do it the easy way. I'll give it to you. Treat me like an eye machine. Just uh, let it do the work. Instead of saying Siri, say, Henry, what's happening at least at 31st anniversary still? Well, I'm glad you asked. Never mind. Uh, so it's, it's like I said, this Saturday at Boat Store starting at 10 o'clock. Now, Big Line's going to be there. What, I don't know how it is over there in, in uh, Southern California, Rachel. Are, are bags allowed like when you go, to, when you go shopping? They are. It, it's it's a little different than San Francisco. You you can get whatever you want, and I mean they frown at you if you don't recycle or whatever. But it's not nearly as crazy. Just frown right back at them. But everything <laughs> is different in San Francisco. Um, but something else to be proud of. We we're the ones that kicked it off. Yeah, you can't use bags anymore, even though everybody still does the plastic ones. Uh, so everybody brings the uh, the the big the tote bags. We, we you've you've seen some of them uh, like at, uh, at the last time we were at Flying Colors for Free Comic Book Day. We gave them out the uh, the E twenty four ones when they were with us. Um, Lee is introducing the uh, the Lee's Comics Black Canvas Tote Bag. He's gonna give uh, to the first fifty people in line. He's gonna give you those for free. You can't buy them yet, 
so that you can whenever you go on Wednesday, you, you can load up your your Lee's tote bag with that. And the first 20 are going to be stuffed with something Rachel likes, not lightsabers ah. or maybe action figure collectibles from from the store. <gasps> They'll, it'll be collectibles. It'll be T-shirts. It'll be yeah. You know, he'll he'll grab some stuff and put them in, in the the first twenty only. So get there early, and also he's going to have he's going to raffle off three thirty one dollars because it's a thirty first anniversary. Get it thirty one dollars. Got it. Got the, it. Thirty one dollar uh, gift certificates. You have to be there though at eleven a.m. He'll give you he'll give them out and you can I think you can only use it that day this Saturday, and only at the Mountain View location and back issues. 25 cents it'll they'll all be in the, in the in the long boxes in the parking lot so you can go through there you're again you know we said it last year when when we talked about it you're not going to find you know Ac- action comics number one you're not going to find superman number one right, or amazing right. fantasy for 25 cents because if you do yeah you know it it's least staff that made the mistake they'll have to give it to you for 25 cents but i don't think it's going to happen so all of that but either is, way 25 cents it's worth it for anything that you're looking for or, or getting into something new yeah, that and, and just comic books, not graphic novels. It's just comic books, but they're pretty good ones. They're not just you know oh, whatever here. We we can sell this and we'll throw it out there. It's actually going to be, you know, some classic comics, some Spider Man, Batman, uh, classic uh, comics back issues. You can get them for twenty five cents. So shop away to your heart's content. So all that is going on this Saturday at Lee's, both locations, Mountain View and in San Mateo. Lee's thirty first anniversary sale. Remember, the first fifty people will get a free canvas tote bag, the the black one with the big. Lo, uh, Lee's logo on it done by Alex Ross and the first 20 bags at both stores will be stuffed with action figures t-shirts maybe the, the world famous Lee's frisbee that I had uh, last year at the show maybe there'll be some in there uh you don't know you never know what's going to be in there so again that's uh happening it'll be worth it this Saturday go to lcomics.com for all the details we I'd say we'll see you there but we'll probably be too busy eating the brownies with Joe but we'll be there in spirit. We'll say happy anniversary to Lee because he's another good friend of the show. So that's what is happening now. Uh, talking about movies so much, we forgot to mention uh, uh, there were two movies that came out over the 4th of July weekend. One eh, didn't we really care about, The Lone Ranger. Obviously, nobody else did because no one did. Despicable Me Too, I was excited about. Obviously, you guys were too because it's been over 120 million or whatever it was. Uh, we didn't talk about it. I don't know if you got a chance to see it, Rachel. No, but everyone else I know did, and they said it was awesome. And they they were very like their expectations were met, and, and they were really excited about it. So, if you're still on the fence, because I know not a lot of you went to the movie theaters because you know you're out blowing things up. I mean, blowing fireworks <laughs> and everything up. Um, here's our new guy, our new reviewer, movie reviewer, Pacing Pete is his name. The reason why, before you ask, why are you Pacing Pete? That's a nickname that he had since childhood because he can't sit still. He he's always pacing around the room. Yeah, cool cool dude. He watches. Uh, he likes all the stuff that we like. So here he goes. He's gonna talk about Despicable Me too. No spoilers. He'll just tell you whether it was a good movie, not good movie, whether you should go see it or not. Make your own decisions after that. But here he is, pacing Pete with the first movie review on Despicable Me too. Watch it. Don't watch it. Let's find out. Please make a note of it. Pacing Pete's movie reviews exclusively on the Geek Speak Show. This past 4th of July weekend, Groot, Margot, Edith, Agnes, and the Minions made a triumphant return with Despicable Me 2. The follow-up to its very successful 2010 predecessor will leave the audiences laughing, 
cheering, and wanting more, which after its very strong box office opening, I have no doubt we will soon get. It can be tough to follow up with any sequel, especially an animated one. Many times a movie loses its magic that helped make it so successful the first time around, and we're left with just another kid's movie. One might say, well, isn't that the point? On the contrary, Toy Story did a fantastic job of consistently entertaining audiences of all ages for three straight movies. This brings me to Despicable Me 2. While it may have lost just a slight bit of magic from the first film, it's still big on laughs, heart, and the cuteness of those darn minions. Which, by the way, don't be fooled by the full court press marketing of these little guys. They serve a huge purpose. They're in the movie a lot. But that's not a bad thing. In the sequel, we find Gru, a reform man. He's doing everything from holding birthday parties for his children to creating delicious jams and jellies. He's no longer intent on being an evil supervillain. All seems right with Groot until an unknown villain begins causing havoc on the world. This gets the attention of the Anti-Villain League and they seek out Groot to stop him. It's here that he's paired with Lucy, voiced by the always funny Kristen Wiig an attempt to locate this evil genius. The chemistry between these two characters is very cute and funny, and sets up nicely for the resolution at the end of the film. For spoiler's sake, I won't reveal who the villain is. It's a bit of a small twist. It's not exactly a Kaiser Sose reveal, but it's fun nonetheless. Steve Carell is back and great as Groot, and the ki kids are back as well, and it's funny watching them go through their different changes. Margot, noticing boys, Edith, training to be a ninja, and Agnes, she's always cute. There's even a moment when Groot is tucking her into bed and says, Good night, Agnes. Don't ever get old. She's so adorable. I can't agree more. The minions? Do I really need to go into how cute these guys are? There are times that they just steal the scenes in this movie, and that's not a bad thing. They're just awesome. This is the kind of movie everyone, young and old, can enjoy. I very much recommend this film, and on a scale of crawling to the theater versus running, I would say... You can lightly jog and not be disappointed. It's a great time at the movies. If you enjoyed my review or disagree with it, let me know. You can email me, pacingpete at thegeekspeakshow.com, or you can find me on Twitter, at pacingpete. Stay classy, and I'll see you at the movies. What did you think of the movie? Send an email to pacingpete at thegeekspeakshow.com. This is the Geek Speak Show Book Club. Sci-fi, fantasy, horror, graphic novels, biographies. You'll hear them here on the Geek Speak Show Book Club. Now that I've always wondered, can you read about horror or do you stay away from those two? Um, I have before, but generally I stay away from those. Although, you playing that Harry Potter music makes me want to go back to Harry Potter land in Orlando. Bloody hell, she's got to get her priorities straight. So, actually, you don't have, well, how patient are you? Because in about two, three years, it's actually coming to you, to the one in Hollywood. Oh, that's awesome. I wish uh, Star Wars land would come here sooner as well. It's kind of already there. Star Tours are just expanded because they do own it. They can do whatever they want with it now. I know, but they're building like the big like Star Wars section of the park in Orlando, and I want that here now. Thanks. Rachel demands it now. Hey, you. Why is that so difficult? Come on, just put it in both parks at one time. Um, what are we talking? About? Oh yeah, books. The book club. That's what we're doing here. <laughs> how do we get to talk? To, well, how do we get to talk to Star Wars? Luke, who's the co-host? Uh, so you want to go first? Or you want me to go first with the books? Yes. Well, no, I'm going to go first because speaking of Star Wars. Um, I haven't had a Star Wars book in a while. Thank you. Yeah. 
So I'm going to go with that. And the reason is because you're Rachel. all the speculation, because, yeah, because my name is Rachel, all the speculation for episode seven, um, a- as people are asking me about it and, and as we have conversations about all these things, um, I always refer to this one book um, and what I think episode seven is going to be like centered around. And I always say it's going to be like Luke and I'm rebuilding the Jedi Academy um, and all that stuff that happens. And there's one book called Jedi Search. Um, it's the one by Kevin Anderson, and it's like the first one in the Jedi Academy trilogy. That book is the one that I'm thinking of when I'm like talking to people about what I think the movie's going to be about. Um, so basically what happens um, is uh, the Jedi twins, Jason and Jaina, um, are starting to use their powers and figure out you know who they are and, and, and what they can do. Um, and there's still the Republic remnants and there's still Imperial remnants. And so it's like this big, weird place to like be learning how to be a Jedi again. So Luke goes and starts trying to set up a new Jedi Academy, right, to help out with all this and to try to bring some more Jedi to the universe. Um, and then, of course, there's Han and Chewie in there, which we already know Harrison Ford's going to be in the new one. Um, they go to Kessel. They find a new uh, weapon that's even worse than the Death Star. Um, and Luke and Han have to go, of course, and team up again and, and try to get rid of it and save solar systems and all of those things. So it's perfect setting for episode seven. So, yeah, Jedi Search is what I think it's going to be like based around. Like one of our original producers used to ask, let me ask you this. I was I do listen to a lot of podcasts besides just our own. Um, I, for, I forget who it was now, actually, because I listened to so many. But one of them, they were actually they got into a, a Star Wars discussion. And what they want to see in the new in the new JJ Star Wars is not a lot of the big three, not a lot of um, Luke, Han and Leia. They want them in the background. They want them to have as the way they put it. They want them to have as many lines as Jar Jar Binks had in episode one. I mean, in episode <laughs> three, which was not not too much. But, yeah. they, they're ready for the next generation now. Hit girl, Chloe, Chloe Moretz, Chloe Grace Moretz now is, is what she's going. She's actually one of our Twitter followers, our show Twitter followers. And she, it was done by fans and she put it up on, on her Twitter. She posted a, a picture of, it was done by fans, obviously, on Photoshop or something. Um, it's Han Solo from the original trilogy and Jaina, Chloe as Jaina. How would you feel with seeing Chloe as, as Jaina? Um... I, I don't know. I mean, I guess it would depend on on if she can pull off what Jaina is to all of us. And, and that is a leader. And at the same time, you know, she's, she's still a little girl and trying to deal with all of these things and pulling off that sweetness. But she's got she's got the sass, of course, from Han. And that's kind of a hard balance to do on screen. Um, so I guess it depends on how good she could do that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I kind of. See, and again, this is just speculation from all of us. It's going to be until literally hours before opening day on uh, May 25th, 2015, because that's the JJ way. That's the bad robot way. That's how they work. Uh, but what I want to see is the first one, because it's going to be three hours, but the first one should be kind of a passing of the torch kind of movie where, we, yeah, we do see a lot of Luke, Han, and Leia. And really, I wouldn't hate JJ forever, not just because he's JJ, but if one of them actually dies, Han, Luke, Leia, one of them, That'll show us that, yeah, we're ready to pass it on to the next generation because one of them is missing already. Yeah, but but they don't die yet. There's so many books and and so like you you can't mess with the universe that much. You you can't, but you also can't. There's there's one thing that the Force or anybody will never beat, and that's time. 
you know they, they can only we can only have him for so long before you know even Indiana Jones he, he, it was kind of believable but I I see you know even though we hated that but I see why they give everything to Shia LaBeouf because you know, he's he's in his prime he's, he can still jump right. around and punch and take a punch and all that whereas Han I mean uh, Indiana Jones he'll always get, he'd be Han <laughs> whereas Indiana Jones you know, he, yeah he gets hit and everything and he still have the you know the Ben Burtt sound effects the boom, boom, uh, those big sound effects uh huh but it wasn't too not not like in the, in the uh, in Raiders especially there you actually believe that they could actually really beat him up to the point of almost killing him. Um, well, see, and see the reason the reason why I'm I'm so sure about this kind of being a center of where this is going is also because the casting calls. Um, I got to see what they're looking for right now, and they are looking for the age ranges and male female uh, roles that match up with the Jedi twins. And keeping it in universe, even Yoda died, even Darth Vader died. So why can't Luke die? He can. It's just he can't now because this the time period this is taking place. He's still alive. It's already it's already been written. Don't mess with it. Always in motion, the future is. <laughs> so, anyway, we'll what is your book? Um, well, not a Star Wars book. See this. See as we get closer, a lot of the Geek Speak shows we should call it the Star Wars Speak show because it's gonna it's gonna turn into that. You just know it. So get ready for that as the year as we get closer to Episode uh, Seven. Uh, but mine. Speaking of, it's a movie that's gonna be released this weekend. Pacific Rim. It came out last month. I didn't get a chance to read it. Finally got it. It's called Pacific Rim: Tales from Year Zero. It's a graphic novel. Dumb. It's presented by Guillermo del Toro. He has given some ideas, but it's written by Travis Beecham, who also wrote the uh, the Pacific Rim movie. C- cool cover by Alex Ross. Here, I'll show you. Everybody else can't see it. Um, it and cool. it and it actually sets. It does. It's pretty good. It sets up everything that you're going to see in Pacific Rim in the movie. Uh, from what I understand, no spoilers or anything, but the opening 18 minutes of of uh, Pacific Rim are complete destruction and and i've been told this is a movie that we have to see in 3d and imax 3d if we can but you have to see this one in 3d because he did it guillermo did a great job of immersing you in the world of the, you know huge giant and by the way let's get this straight they're not robots they're mechs robots yeah. you know control themselves mechs are controlled by pilots Our suits yeah uh, and then we heard it earlier from guillermo he says it's called the drift when they connect the minds see i'm geeking out about pacific rim already and i haven't even seen it yet <laughs> but this one you know sets up all the stories there i think i mentioned it once before if you guys want to get the complete pacific rim experience get this one it's still in stores pacific rim tales from year zero from legendary comics not from marvel dc or anybody else it's from legendary comics but uh, it's called again pacific rim tales from year zero it shows where the kaiju it actually in the back it has their names so, you, so when you see the monsters up on screen you're actually going to know their names doesn't have the uh names for the jaegers but you'll i think the only one that's going to matter anyway is the one that you've seen you got the, the blue and gold and red striped one mm-hmm. uh, gypsy danger that's going to be the main one uh so again P- uh, pacific rim tales from year zero that's my book that's the one you guys should get if if you want to get the complete pacific rim experience which you do. Let's be real. These are the movies that made you a geek. Except for the part where you haven't seen them. <laughs> geek Movie Rewind with Michelle G on the Geek Speak Show. Are you 
So for my first geek movie rewind, I figured I'd start with my favorite geek movie, The Goonies. If you call yourself a geek, and you must, that's why you're listening to this podcast, but you haven't seen The Goonies, then run or steal a little girl's bike and get to your nearest store and buy The Goonies. Buy, don't rent. This movie demands to be in your movie library. The Goonies is a 1985 movie directed by Richard Donner from a screenplay by Chris Columbus, which came from a story by Steven Spielberg. If those names didn't get you, the plot will. The Goonies are a bunch of kids who live in the goondock section of Astoria, Oregon. As the movie opens, we're treated to a daring jailbreak by Jake Fratelli with the help of Mama and Francis Fratelli. As a high-speed chase ensues through the streets of Astoria, we get our first look at the kids who we will learn shortly are the Goonies. Andy, Steph, Data, Chunk, and Mouth. The two final members, Mikey and Bran Walsh, are shown at their house as they're waking up to what will be their last weekend as Goonies because their houses have been bought by a smarmy businessman and will be turned into a golf course. Long story short, the kids, except for Andy and Steph, gather at the Walsh house to plan their last adventure. They head to the attic where they find an old treasure map and decide to follow it in hopes of finding the treasure and using it to pay to keep their homes and continue to live in the goondocks. Stand By Me has been called the perfect coming-of-age movie, but The Goonies is the perfect coming-of-age story for geeks and nerds. While some of the situations are a bit over-the-top, there are plenty of moments that will have you identifying with one or all of The Goonies. There are plenty of moments and quotes that are still part of our geek lexicon or will be once you watch it. As you watch the movie, keep an eye out for these extra cool tidbits. Every time something dramatic happened on screen, Richard Donner will tell the kids, big eyes, so look out for big eyes through the whole movie. Kei Hui Kwan, who played Data, promised his mother he would never swear on camera, so when the scene called for Data to use his potty mouth, he instead spelled holy S-H-I-T. The scene where they find the pirate ship was the first time the kids actually saw the set because Richard Donner wouldn't let them see the set before filming. And when all the kids reunited with their parents at the end, those are their real-life parents, not actors. Also look for a cameo from Richard Donner towards the end. So watch The Goonies and you'll know why The Goonies never say die. These are the movies that made you a geek. Geek Movie Rewind with Michelle G. Send your suggestions to michelle at thegeekspeakshow.com. Hi, I'm Chris Hardwick. You are watching and or listening to Geek Speak Show. They're listening. You're consuming. You're watching it with your ears. Oh, you just listen. Yes, just listening. Speaking of Chris Hardwick, Horse of the Force, episode two going on now. It's going to be leaving San Francisco, I believe, tonight or early tomorrow morning, making its way to San Diego. And you're going to be, well, you're kind of already there, halfway there. Yeah. You're going you're to make your way to San Diego. A lot of you listening are going to be making your way to San Diego. So if you don't get the same amount of downloads, I understand. You're, But I would say, especially if you're going to take a long, because it's a long, long road trip going driving to San Diego, download not only the next week's episode of this one, a few of our episodes, listen on the way there. Catch, like Rachel with Fallen Skies, catch up on the Geek Speak Show, what you've missed, and see, yeah. find out why we are the Geek Speak Show is why we speak geek on here. Um but we, as we always do every year now, it's turned into an annual thing. We're going to do our big Comic-Con show. I'm going to kick it off, of course, with David Glanzer. Wouldn't be a WonderCon or Comic-Con or Ape show later in the year if we don't talk to David Glanzer. He's the one that puts the whole thing together for you guys, so we might as well talk to him. Like I said, we'll talk to him about, um, I don't think they did, but did they do it on purpose? That big, huge TV presence, not only at Comic-Con, but in Hall H, because I think they they understand the fact, like I said, there's a lot of genre TV, real good genre TV on TV right now at the moment. So it's all going to be presented for you guys there. So it works out. Yeah. We're also going to talk to Mark Zikri. Um, He's got some uh, updates on Space Command. And uh, we'll ask him again 
Are you going to blow up Rachel or not? Because I know it sounds weird, but she really know. wants to be blown up. Um, I know she's like that. Uh, Drea is going to come back again. Like I said, I mentioned also earlier in the show, she has three. She she only had, she started with one, the Trek versus Wars part two uh, panel that we, that they had at the, the one that they had at WonderCon. Then we had it here on the show with Rod. She's going to do it again at Comic-Con. But now she's got two more panels. One is uh, something about DC Comics, the villains, I think they're going to talk about those, the Trek versus Wars one. And then also she's going to be part of the most dangerous women at, at Comic-Con panel. That one, Ooh. she she said it's actually more autobiographical talks about her. Uh, she's not dangerous like that, but dangerous in that they're so they're so talented and and you know they they have a big presence in the internets and 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 in social media and everything. That that's what the panel's about. So. Yeah, dangerous as in powerful. Another friend of yours, and 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 I think you know she's gonna talk to her backstage about all the uh, the Walking Dead stuff. Ashley is gonna be on on that panel also with with Drea. Uh, so th- we'll talk to Dre about all of those. We'll also um, another. Yeah, and again, I'm not going to talk. We're not going to talk to the big panel. We're not going to talk to Marvel agents. We could have had Jeff Lowe. He's a good friend of the show. He comes on all the time. But, you know, they don't really honestly, they don't really need our, need our help. You guys know what's happening that, you know, you guys know that they're there. The banners are everywhere. We're going to talk to the smaller panels, the ones in the smaller ballrooms. So you guys can go to those. Yeah, I know it's going to be kind of hard to decide between. I don't know. Do you want to sit in the panel with. Joss Whedon or do you want to sit in the panel with Optimus Prime? Because Hasbro is going to have a Transformers 30th anniversary panel in one of the ballrooms. We'll talk to some of them. I'm also going to talk to some of the creators because it's not the same people from the last time of the uh, the, vi- the new video game, the Batman video game, Batman Ooh. Arkham Origins. They'll come on and talk to us. They, they won't give it the whole thing away. They'll, they'll, they'll tease us a little bit what's coming up, We're gonna, what we can expect from Arkham Origins. Um, la- yesterday, last night, whenever it was, I was telling Rachel it was kind of cool. I, w- I spent most of the day emailing back and forth with um, Will Wheaton, as Chris Harwood calls him sometimes. Um, but I, that we were emailing, ba- emailing back and forth about you know getting times right because you can come on and talk talk about Woodstock. That's going to be happening, I think, the night of preview night, which is Wednesday, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yes, that is. So Woodstock will be happening, not part of San Diego Comic Con, but it'll be happening in San Diego at around the same time. And it's going to be attended by the same people who go to Comic Con anyway. Let's, let's be honest. Uh, so he may come on, um, if not him, one of the other one of the other guys, either Paul and Storm or Adam Savage or Will Wheaton, um, and tell us all about Woodstock and maybe get you guys to go there as if you needed any more prodding. And there may be some <laughs> other surprises on next week's show. Uh, we'll have the features. We'll have a lot of fun. We'll start getting ready for Comic Con, uh, and that's it. I think so. I think that's much more than enough. We haven't even started yet. There's a lot of stuff. I'm yeah. already tired. I'm not going to be there this year, just the, not because of you know, not like Rod, that his wife is giving birth to their the next Roddenberry. Um, not me. I had nothing to do with that. But I won't be there because I have some other things to take care of here. Technically, on the show, um, some cameras and stuff that i for the video show that i gotta do stuff but everybody else will be there you're gonna be there the marks will be there uh our new movie guy you heard him earlier um pacing pete i was going pistol pete but pacing pete he's gonna be <laughs> there he said he's been called that before i won't ask why i don't want to know why i don't think we don't, yeah let's do um, that alone. but they, they'll be there and you'll probably you guys will probably see him you know interviewing people or interviewing you you can say hi to them if you want rachel's really friendly and we'll All of them be really at andrea's panels of course and we'll, we'll go see mark zickery and oh you guys know as well as i do we're also there for the exclusives so 
we'll have to be at those booths trying to get all our merchandise. If you guys go to the uh, Trek versus Wars panel, when you hear the loudest voice screaming, no, this, no, we're Star Wars is better because of this. Look behind you or in front of you. That's probably <laughs> Rachel. And you say, oh, there's Rachel. Yeah, I, knew she was I get very here. heated about this. <laughs> Yes, she does. You guys heard her on the show when we did that. So that'll be happening next week. Come on back and we'll speak more geek and get you all ready for that little thing in San Diego. Henry and the gang will return next week with an all new episode. The Geek Speak show is powered by GeekTyrant.com, MightyVille.com, Ramasscreen.com, ZergNet.com, and Collider.com. Make sure you're subscribed on iTunes. Follow them on Twitter at GeekSpeakShow1. Become a fan on Facebook and watch event coverage on YouTube slash GeekSpeakVideos. See you next week. Cheerio. The GeekSpeakShow. 